Yo, 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 what's popping, y'all? Welcome back to the Wrestling Takeover Podcast today for February 12th, 2021. I'm here as your host, Jordan Turner, talking about some of the juiciest topics in and around the world of professional wrestling. I'm going to kick it off with some topics that I want to talk about that has to pertain with the WWE, and I'm going to do that coming up next. So, Edgar, get up, man. You know what to do. Press play, hit that intro. Let's go. Welcome to. You're listening to the Wrestling Takeover. What is your name? With your host, Jordan Turner, who's always going to keep it real. Come on, King. Inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the band behind him, King. It's time to take over, King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King. Take over. Let's go. What's good, you guys? Let's kick it off immediately discussing about the raw ratings for this past Monday. <sighs> how low can they go? How low can like legitimately how low can the WWE continue to fall in terms of the raw low ratings? So I am taking this article from ringside news. Shout out to ringside news. Go and subscribe to their newsletters. Um, they mentioned that WWE Raw viewership brings the lowest numbers so far this year. That How does WWE, when they see their ratings, do they even care anymore? Because it feels like they don't care. It feels like they look at the ratings and they're just like, all right, like, who cares? You know, you shouldn't have that mentality. You know, I don't feel like they have that, but me as a fan and what I've been seeing over the past, I mean, all the times I've been watching Monday Night Raw over the past decade and more, and, you know, hearing the reports of the ratings coming out for Monday Night Raw each and every Monday, it feels like they don't care. And that shouldn't be the way it is, but listen, bro, that might be the case. They might legitimately not give a fuck, which is a terrible mentality to have. But this came from Newside Rooms, or Ringside News, excuse me, from Showbuzz Daily reports that WWE Monday Night Raw brought in an overnight, three-hour overnight average of 1.715 million viewers. You guys, they, they can't even crack 2 million viewers. I just don't. <laughs> Listen, man. I don't want to make fun of WWE. I don't want to... You know, always look at the ratings and just say the same thing, which is these guys just don't fucking care. They don't care. And it's annoying. It's fucking frustrating. So last week saw Raw draw an overnight average of 1.98 million viewers. The previous week, they drew an overnight average of 1.819 million viewers. This week prior, drew an overnight average of point. 854 million viewers. They can't even crack the top. They can't even crack 2 million viewers, man. This is sad. Listen, bro. Listen. If you are one of these fans that are just defending WWE on a consistent basis, I'm going to respectfully say to you, you are part of the problem. Because I know there's things in WWE that, you know, some people might like. 
Listen, there's things in WWE that I like. All right. I like the Hurt Business. I like everything that has to do with Roman Reigns and Sasha Banks, you know. But outside of that, you know, you got Bianca Belair and Bayley. Majority of my likeness is on SmackDown. I mean, you got The Fiend and Randy Orton and Alexa Bliss on Raw. Outside of that, to me, that's the only thing that I like. Nothing else on Monday Night Raw has intrigued me. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd say the Hurt Business. So the, I, I'm going to trace back. I'm going to trace back real quick. The Hurt Business and The Fiend, Randy Orton, Alexa Bliss. Outside of those two things, Monday Night Raw has been absolutely trash. I can't sit there and watch a three-hour wrestling show. I can't. It's just too long. It's too long. And the ratings are just showing that these fans are just not caring. They're not caring, man. And it's sad. It's sad, man. You know, I want the WWE to, you know, care and be real again. You know, I was going to talk about this, you know, on its own episode, but I'm just going to bring it up right now. We need more real in wrestling. We don't have a lot of realism in pro wrestling. You know, it's all candy, comedy, bullshit. You know, you can have comedy, but you only need to bring out comedy when it calls for it. Wrestling needs to be real. Wrestling needs that attitude once again. I'm not saying go back to the attitude. I'm just saying they need a little bit more attitude. They need a little bit more funk. You know what I mean? And... The ratings are just showing that the product that the WWE is putting out on Monday night, the fans don't care. And when they don't care, they're not going to watch. Period. That goes for any wrestling promotion. But Monday Night Raw has always been in the ones for a long time. They only pop to a two or three when a John Cena or a Rock or Undertaker or something of that caliber when they return. And it's sad, you know, and I also heard reports that Vince McMahon doesn't even trust um, his own current stars. That's why Edge is going to be in the main event. That's why Goldberg's going to have a marquee bout at WrestleMania. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. There's rumors even Triple H and AJ Styles, which I pitched that on the podcast. And speaking of the podcast, go follow and subscribe to the Wrestling Takeover podcast on all podcast platforms. Go to the search engine, type in the podcast press follow or press subscribe. I would really appreciate it. But the ratings continue to drop. They don't care. So as a viewer watching, why should we care as well? You know why we care? Because we're passionate. We want the product to succeed. We want the product to get better. I want the ratings to be up on a five. I want the ratings to be up at a four or three even. You know, I'm going to say something right now, man, before I move on to my next topic. In terms of WWE. I'm not saying all my ideas are good. But I got some good ideas man. And I feel like if I. Had. You know if I was in the front seat of. The car. And I was driving that car. I would definitely have the ratings go up. Give me one year. That might sound cocky. But give me one year. I will make. The ratings go up to at least. A three. At least a three before, you know, the end of 2021. I'm telling you right now. WWE can do it. They have the talent to do so. 
It's just creatively, it's the fucking problem. And until they care, we're not going to care as an audience. And that's just the facts. Now, I want to talk about my second topic in WWE. Karrion Cross. I love Karrion Cross. You guys like Karrion Cross. If you don't like Karrion Cross, that's your opinion. But I don't know why you wouldn't like Karrion Cross. He has the total package. He has a total package. He has the valet. You know what I mean? And Scarlet. He has the entrance. He has the theme song. He has the look. He has it all. And he's good on the microphone. Come on, man. You can't beat that. Now, Karrion Cross is currently feuding with Santos Escobar. Why? Well, I'll answer that for you. Santos Escobar has nothing to do. Karrion Cross has nothing to do. So there you go. They're going to mush him up. They're going to have a bout next week on NXT, which I definitely will be checking out. But they got nothing to do for Karrion Cross. Now, I believe Karrion Cross is going to be on the main roster after WrestleMania. Like the night after WrestleMania, he's going to go to Raw or SmackDown. I could see him going on Monday Night Raw, personally. And I see him going right after The Fiend. Um, if you guys have been following and just been, like I said, following me on Twitter and listening to the podcast, you guys know I've been pitching for a long time, even since last year's WrestleMania, that Karrion Cross, Scarlet, Alexa, The Fiend, Karrion Cross, The Fiend, Scarlet, Alexa, that combo, you know, that, that battle. It's got to happen. It's got to happen, and maybe it might happen after WrestleMania. Who knows? But Karrion Cross definitely is going to go up to main roster sooner rather than later. If you guys have been following the podcast and the NXT review, you guys have been known that I've been kind of complaining about what Karrion Cross has been doing with Santos Escobar, and these guys are dominant. These guys are on a momentum right now. They cannot lose. And so NXT runs into a situation like the main roster, like they usually do, where both guys can't lose. So I'm really going to be interested. I'm going to be really interested in to see how Santos Escobar and Karrion Cross match is booked. Are they going to end in a DQ? I definitely see Raul Mendoza and Joaquin Wild getting involved. Only time will tell. We'll see what happens. But Karen Cross is a superstar. He looks like a superstar. He feels like a superstar. He acts like a superstar. He's got the girl. You know what I mean? He's got the valet. And he has the total package. So it's going to be up to WWE to not fuck him up. I don't want him to get his entrance changed. I don't want him to get his theme song changed. I don't want nothing with Karen Cross right now in terms of the presentation. Right? I don't want him to get changed. As soon as he gets changed... I'm going the fuck off. I'm serious. I'm going to go off on social media. And I'm going to go off on a podcast. You don't need to touch what's not broken. Just like with Keith Lee. They touched it. Now look at Keith Lee. He doesn't feel the same from NXT. He doesn't. That's just my opinion. But I love Karrion Cross. He's a superstar. And I don't really see him holding the NXT championship, really. Um... For so long. Maybe he beats Finn Balor at the TakeOver WrestleMania weekend if they have one. Um, if they fight, you know, Karen Cross is he's gonna have to win. You know, you you unless 
something happens with Finn Balor, you know, he cheats or something, you know, but I don't see Finn Balor cheating. He's a fighting champion. He's a warrior. He's a prince. He's a king, you know? Kings don't cheat. A prince doesn't cheat. So we'll see what happens with Karrion Cross, man. I'm really looking forward to see what's going to happen on Wednesday night on an episode of NXT this upcoming Wednesday with him and Santos Escobar. Should be very fun. Now, the last topic in terms of the WWE that I want to talk about. Roman Reigns, the tribal chief. This guy's awesome, dude. He's awesome. I hated Roman Reigns the first go-round. The babyface, Superman, John Cena 2.0. Roman Reigns, all that crap, all that bullshit. You know, all that propaganda, all that favoritism. We all hated it. Everybody hated it. But now, Roman Reigns is the best thing in WWE that includes The Fiend, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Bianca, everybody. Roman Reigns is the guy. Roman Reigns is the dude. Now, if you guys have been listening to the podcast, you guys know that I came on here and I pretty much pitched a, you know, storyline sort of with Roman Reigns and Adam Cole. I had a lot of plays, so I appreciate everybody, you know, that took the time out of their day to go on the podcast platforms and listen to that one episode. If you haven't, you know, listened to it already, please go out, go and type in the wrestling takeover, go down the line, go to the playlist. It will be there and listen to it. I would really appreciate it. It's a good listen. Trust me. It's a really, you know, creative listen. And that's what I want to bring to you guys every single time I'm on here. I got to be real and I want to be creative as well in terms of my opinions. But Roman Reigns and Adam Cole, I pitched for them in their storyline heading into WrestleMania 38. Now, there's a lot of people that want Edge to beat, I still don't understand this, but they want Edge to beat Roman Reigns and have Edge bring back a championship that he never lost, that being the World Heavyweight Championship. I will say, at the end of the day, the World Heavyweight Championship, I definitely see coming back. If I had to put money on it, I see it happening. I believe Edge, don't quote me on this. I didn't take this from any newsletter or anything like that. I'm just assuming, this is just a fan theory, okay? I'm assuming that Edge told Vince that I'll come back, but I want to bring back the World Heavyweight Championship. I will not be surprised if Edge did that. And in fact, I hope Edge actually did that because the World Heavyweight Championship It looks like a championship. It feels like a championship. Whoever holds that championship looks like an actual champion. Listen, the Universal Championship looks terrible. Looks terrible. Not a fan of it. The fruit roll-up stuff doesn't look nice. I don't give a fuck if Roman Reigns is a top dog. He's the tribal chief. I don't care. The champion makes the man or the man makes the championship. Well, the championship ain't making Roman Reigns. Listen, Roman Reigns is already made before that championship even became a thing. Okay? Roman Reigns is making the championship. I still don't feel like the Universal Championship is the top championships in WWE. That that title was damn sure not the top championship in pro wrestling. 
period. We need the World Heavyweight Championship to come back. Roman Reigns needs to beat Edge. He needs to pull off a Triple H from an episode of Monday Night Raw with Eric Bischoff in 2002 where Eric Bischoff granted Triple H the World Heavyweight Championship. We need to see somebody grant Roman Reigns and give Roman Reigns the World Heavyweight Championship. Maybe Paul Heyman does that. Or maybe Jey Uso does that. Somebody gives Roman Reigns the World Heavyweight Championship back. Because I was picturing the uh, conversation between Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns on an episode of SmackDown. It was a great sit down, you know, just back and forth, talking smack to each other. It was really great. I really enjoyed it. And Roman Reigns had the Universal Championship on his lap. And I said to myself, damn, if only that was the World Heavyweight Championship. I'm going to keep it a stat, man. I was thinking about it. And I, every time I was looking at Roman Reigns and looking at that championship, I was just picturing the World Heavyweight Championship being on his lap. That World Championship needs to come back. It looks great on anybody, man. It really does. It's just a great-looking championship. And it's cool to look at, man. It's a cool title. I hope the WWE really considers bringing that back and getting rid of the Universal Championship. There's no legacy with that championship. Everybody made fun of it from the get-go, off-rip. Everybody made fun of it, including myself, including you guys listening to the podcast. We all made fun of it. All right, so right off the bat, that championship was a no-go. Now, I want Roman Reigns to beat Edge. He should beat Edge. Edge... He says he wants to put over the future. Roman Reigns is the future. Yeah, Roman Reigns is established. Yes, that doesn't matter. He's still a part of the future. Edge, he's already established. We know who Edge is. We know who Adam Copeland is. We know who he is, man. He's great. He's a legend. He's an icon. He's a Hall of Famer. But you got to pull over. You got to put over the next Hall of Famer in Roman Reigns. Edge, you got to do the right thing. You got to lose to Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns comes out next night or the next couple nights on SmackDown. And he pulls off a Triple H episode of Monday Night Raw where Eric Bischoff brings Triple H to the World Championship. Have Paul Heyman do it. Then we go on from there. Get rid of the Universal Championship. It's got to happen. It's got to happen. I'd have Roman Reigns hold that championship. Listen, if the Universal Championship is kept, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. He needs to hold a world championship all the way to WrestleMania 38. I've been tweeting about that for months. I'm going to continue to do so. I'm going to continue to be talking about it here on the podcast. It's got to happen. You cannot have Roman Reigns go to WrestleMania with all this momentum under his belt. With the tribal chief character, ahead of the table character, and straight up just lose to Edge. You see, you're going to have a fiend... Bill Goldberg, Saudi Arabia type of situation with Edge at WrestleMania. Don't play that fucking card. Don't test me. Don't play it, bro. Because that same anger and, you know, just mentality that I brought to the table in terms of The Fiend and Bill Goldberg, I'm going to bring that same anger. I'm going to bring that same intensity. I'm going to bring that same mentality with Roman Reigns and Edge at WrestleMania. So don't. Because you're going to piss me off and you're not going to, you know, you're going to actually make me hate WrestleMania. 
You're going to make me hate WrestleMania. That's just, it depends on if Edge is choosing Roman Reigns. But I think Edge is definitely going to choose Roman Reigns. So we'll see what happens with that. Roman Reigns needs to hold the title all the way to WrestleMania 38. Now, let's talk about AEW now. There are some topics there that I want to talk about. I'm going to get personal. Hmm. I'm going to get personal. I might piss people off. Now, Eric Bischoff. I'm going to read something in terms of Eric Bischoff and um, AEW. Because you guys, if you guys seen it, you guys would know that Eric Bischoff kind of went on a... uh, a tirade. A tirade. Not a tirade, but a lot of people disagreed. And I want to bring this to the table. And I want to give you guys my personal opinion. Because I haven't really been commenting on it. Now this side is from Ringside News. I'm going to read the whole thing. And then I'm going to give you guys my opinion. So, from Ringside News. Since making its debut in 2019, AEW continues to be the defining alternative the WWE's product. However, it is not without its flaws. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. Let me continue. While speaking on his 83-week podcast, Eric Bischoff talked about AEW's product. He mentioned how in 2011, Chris Jericho criticized TNA for not doing anything different with their product. So he said, I quote, if I was working for TNA, I would project that to its greatest wrestling company in the world because if you're not protecting it, why is anyone going to believe it? Jericho said at the time. I quote, When we were in ECW, it was small. I never made more than $250 a show, but you would die for that company. And when you came across that way to fans, came across that way, and suddenly you have this underground revolution going on, and it was real. Which, that was true. I continue. It was a revolution. People believed it. It was the best. No one in TNA believes they are the best company. And if they don't believe it, then why am I going to believe it as a fan? That's actually true, for sure. Why am I going to buy their product? Bischoff then said, Jericho's past comments are applicable for AEW as well because the show on average gainers 800,000 viewers weekly and rarely reaches 1 million. He then noted that Chris Jericho's words may come back to haunt him. I quote, I think it's going to come back to bite him in the ass in what I think, Bischoff said. AW last week did about 800,000 viewers. They opened the door with 1.5 million viewers and then haven't been able to crack 1 million since. And if they have, it's been only one or two times occurrence. They've essentially flustered into seven or 8,000 viewers on average for the last year and a half. That's an observation that could, unless something turns around in the next 18 months, come back to haunt someone like Chris Jericho. Quite frankly, AEW has floundered, and it's been that way since the for a year. It's easy to talk about a business you're not really in. I am not in the business. I have a passion for it. I want to be in the business, but I'm not in the business. That was just me saying that. So, um... Pretty much, it's easy to talk about a business you're really not in. Chris has never run a wrestling business, and when he made that statement, it was making it from a position of a talent, not an executive. 
AEW has been criticized for other aspects by fans and wrestlers alike. We will have to see how the company improves their product. Listen. Eric Bischoff, this might be controversial. But I'm going to keep it a stat. All right? I'm going to kind of go in depth here a little bit. going to kind of talk my shit real quick. Listen. I watched AEW when they first came out. I watched it. They debuted, what, in October of last year? I watched frequently. But recently, recently as in a month ago, this year, or, yeah, this year, a month ago. I don't know what it is. But I'm bored of AEW. I'm going to keep it stat. Um, There's things on that show that I just don't give a fuck about. There's characters on that show that I like. Darby Allin, MJF, Sammy Guevara, Chris Jericho. You know, the tag team division, obviously. But AEW, to me, it, it feels like they're they're missing that one attraction guy. Now, you got Chris Jericho. I think Chris Jericho is that attraction guy. I think John Moxley is an attraction guy. They are making Kenny Omega seem like he is the attraction. He's not an attraction. So whoever keeps saying that shit, cut the shit. He's not an attraction. But I have absolutely been loving. I'm going to say this right now. Okay, I have absolutely been loving the way Kenny Omega has been booked. But outside of that, I don't really care about Kenny Omega because he just doesn't feel like a top guy to me. That's just my opinion. Now, John Moxley, he's a top guy. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. He is a top guy in my book. Is John Moxley. Now, I want to talk about Cody Rhodes, man. Listen, man. Cody Rhodes, to me, he comes off kind of fake in terms of trying to be and trying to interpret the fans as, yeah, I'm the guy. You're not the guy. Literally. Taking a quote from Stall, uh, oh my God, what is it? Uh, Spy Kids, 3D. I'm the guy. Cody Rhodes would probably say, no, you're not the guy. I'm sorry. You don't feel like the guy. You act like it, but you don't feel like a guy to me. You don't feel like the top draw in AEW. He tries, but it just comes off forced. Listen. I'm going to take an example. He's not doing anything in AEW right now. He's doing nothing. Why is he on TV? I don't fucking know. I don't know. Only he knows. So that right there just shows like, bro, you're just trying to be on TV just to be on TV. You don't come as the guy to me. They're missing that John Cena. They're missing that Roman Reigns. They don't have it. You can say Chris Jericho. Yeah, Chris Jericho. Is John Moxley a John Cena in AEW? Is he a Roman Reigns in AEW? 
I mean, I'd, I'd say John Moxley, yeah. So John Moxley and Chris Jericho, outside of that, they don't have anybody else. And don't say Kenny Omega. He's not on that level yet. He is not on that level yet. He's getting there, but he's not on that level to me. And this is coming from a Kenny Omega fan. Eric Bischoff was just saying his opinion. Speaking his opinion. Was he wrong in anything he said? No. He wasn't. And here is why I'm going to be mentioning some of the topics with AEW. So I wrote down AEW has flaws. For you AEW marks out there. On the wrestling takeover. We keep it real all the time. So I might piss you guys off. I don't give a fuck. Listen. AEW. They have their tag team division. The best tag team division in all of pro wrestling. Period. End of story. Their women's division. Fucking sucks. It sucks. Okay. It's awful. They're trying. I see the development. They're trying. But it sucks. Their main event scene, it's not that good. They don't have guys in the main event scene. They have too many factions. That's one of the negatives. That's one of the flaws for me personally with AEW. They have too many fucking factions. They have too many goddamn tag teams as well. Too many tag teams. Most of their wrestlers are bundled up in a tag scene. There's really not a main event scene. The mid-card scene is trash. There's no fucking mid-card scene. And Cody, I'm sorry. That TNT championship is a mid-card championship. I'm sorry. Because if it's not a mid-card championship, then what the fuck is it? It's a mid-card championship. You don't have a mid-card. You don't. There's flaws in there, man. Another flaw that I personally have been seeing on TV with AEW they really, <laughs> this is a nitpicky uh, thing with me, with AEW. But they put people on TV that don't need to be on TV. Like, if you're not in a storyline, get the fuck out. Cody and some other people. This isn't a jab at Cody. I'm just using him as an example. And don't tell me all the Jade Cargill stuff with Shaq. Okay. But that isn't really, you know, must-see television. I'm talking about high-profile storylines. Cody's not in one of them. That's not really high-profile to me, in my personal opinion. He's going to get mainstream attention, yes, but it's not whole-profile to me. They put people on TV that don't need to be on there. They put people on TV like the librarian and stuff, like, get that shit off my television. I don't want to see that. Me as a fan, if I was booking and I was in charge, I want the best of the best storylines and characters on the show. If you're not in a storyline, you're not on TV. You're not on TV. That's just the reality of it. If you're not in any storyline that I have written down, you're not on TV, man. That's just, that's the reality that needs to be upheld in these wrestling companies. Because they just put people on TV just to put them on there. That's what AEW Dark is for. Built them up for the big time, the prime time for AEW. That's why AEW Dark is there. Use it to your advantage. Put those people that you don't want to put on AEW, 
You know, you want to put them on AEW Dark to get them exposure, to get them more familiar with the television, and then put them on AEW. That's just my, that's just my opinion, man. And, you know, AEW, man, their storylines, listen. Listen, WWE isn't doing that good in storms of storylines either. Okay, wrestling is missing a lot of great storytelling. Yes, I know Roman Reigns and Jey Uso was storytelling. I know. But we need more of storytelling here. Yeah, Sasha Banks and Bailey. Yes, I know. That's storytelling. See, I'm talking about WWE. When I mention AEW, you got the inner circle. That's it. That's all you got. And then you had, once you had Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, can they go with this? You know, is Hangman going to turn on Kenny Omega? Is Kenny going to turn heel on Hangman, which actually happened? Um, you have a great storyline with John Moxley and Kenny Omega that can side for years, man. Who was the absolute best? So you have a, you know, you have some sort of a storyline with Omega and Moxley. But outside of that, you don't really have anything else. You don't, you know. There's no cool storylines going on in AEW right now. And don't tell me that they are because they're not. There's no good storylines going on that I can really get invested in. Now, there is one potentially with Sammy Guevara and the Inner Circle. I mentioned on Twitter, go follow me at JT Takeover. I mentioned that Sammy Guevara can be... The Randy Orton to Jericho, Triple H, and Evolution. This can be sort of like an evolution where Inner Circle kicks out Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara goes, wins the world championship. And the leader of the Inner Circle, Chris Jericho, he's pissed off. He comes in, tries to reclaim and get that championship back from Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara has it one time, and that's it. You know, you could do something like that. I'm hearing people saying... You know, it's all the Hulk with MJF and Sammy Guevara might be. I don't know, just to get Chris Jericho out because one of those guys wants to be a leader. They don't want Jericho to be the leader anymore, so they're going to take him out. I don't know. We will see what happens. But outside of that storyline, like John Moxley really isn't doing anything. He's not doing anything right now, man, and it's annoying. You know, he's a champion. He should have something to do, something substantial. He should be doing, and he's not. So that's all I got in terms of the topics with AEW. I'm going to end the podcast with talking about Impact Wrestling. Now, listen. I like Impact Wrestling. They have a great roster. Well, (laughs) listen, man. Impact Wrestling. I watch it weekly on Tuesday nights. I watch it. On Access TV. They need to get off Access. They need to go to Tony Khan. They need to start a partnership with them in AEW. To put Impact Wrestling on Saturday nights. Or another night of wrestling. I'd say Saturday, but I don't know. You know, maybe keep them on Tuesday and then just put them on TNT. But then you can't do that because uh, NBA is on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So you got to put Impact Wrestling on Saturday, in my opinion, if that ever happened. If AEW or Time Warner uh, TNT bought Impact Wrestling. But um, 
Impact feels low budget to me. It's kind of hard to watch because it's low budget. It's hard to watch because it just doesn't feel like a, you know, you know, a, a wrestling show that is must-see. You know, at least with AEW, they have stuff that's must-see. WWE obviously has stuff that must-see. Impact Wrestling really doesn't have that. Okay, I got to go out and watch. They don't have that storyline. They don't have that character. Now, the storyline, they can have Sammy Callahan and Eddie Edwards, like I said, like I've mentioned a couple weeks ago. You know, you can do something like that, you know, to get the fans invested. You got the knockouts, women's division, the best in pro wrestling. Not better than NXT, but it's the best. But it's the best. You know, I don't know what Impact needs to do. Like I said, maybe they got to join together with AEW and have Time Warner buy Impact. I don't know. You know, a lot of people don't have access TV, so it's hard for people to watch Impact Wrestling. You know, I've heard all the years, Impact's a joke, Impact's this, Impact's that, all this other shit. Woo-woo-woo. With Impact Wrestling, they're still alive, but they're, um, their budget is down, and... They're, they don't even have ratings. I don't even know if Impact has ratings on Access. I don't know. They don't really come out. So that just shows right there that they, Impact really isn't all that big. You know, they got big superstars. They got people. You feel me? But Impact just doesn't feel so special. I want to talk about, speaking of Impact, I want to talk about their championships. My fucking God. Get rid of the owl bullshit. Get rid of it, please. It's fucking disgusting. The owl. You need to br- listen. Moose has the TNT cha- uh, the TNA championship. TNT TNA championship. That is a world championship, in my opinion. You might disagree, and that's fine. I don't give a fuck. Moose needs to bring in the TNT championship, and that TNA championship. Needs to be the world championship once again. The knockouts championship needs a complete revamp. Have a crown and have the word knockouts or something. You know, their championship is fucking trash. The tag team championship is fucking trash. Redesign that one. Why isn't these wrestling companies redesigning their fucking championships and making them prestigious, man? They look like fucking jokes of championships, man. Impact. WWE is like, bro, redesign your world championships. Redesign your women's championship. Make them prestigious from the look of it. I don't know. But they got to definitely redesign their championships. And my last point that I want to mention here before I get out of here. Impact Wrestling, the title, the name. I might get flack for this, but I don't care. Impact Wrestling, they got to revive the symbols TNA. TNA, AEW, WWE, ROH, MJPW, they got symbols. Impact Wrestling is just Impact Wrestling. Bring back the symbols TNA total nonstop action. Revive it, make it modern, make it edgy a little bit. 
I think the symbols TNA needs to come back. Let me know which, if you guys are Impact Wrestling fans and you guys listen to the Wrestling Takeover and, you know, you guys listen to it, let me know what you think about the possibility. Now, this isn't in, in any news or anything. This is just me shooting the top of the dome. But let me know what you think about Impact Wrestling possibly reviving the symbols TNA. I don't think they ever will, but I think they should. I think they really should. And I understand why they're not doing it because of the stench of the symbols TNA, the poor legacy that it carried, even though it had some legacy, but it was mostly ruined by upper management. <clears throat> Dixie Carter, Eric Bischoff, Hulk Hogan. You know how it is. I used to watch TNA back in the day. And if you say you don't, you're lying. You're fucking lying. Golden Era, TNA Man in 2005. Great stuff. But that's all I got for you guys today on the wrestling's hottest topics, number 15. And I will see you guys next time, bro. I will see you guys next time. I'm not going to do SmackDown. I'm going to rest up. Now, listen, I haven't been doing SmackDown at all. I just have a lot on my plate in terms of wrestling content. And so um, I do watch SmackDown. I just don't review it. Like with Impact, I watch. I just don't review. But I'll probably start reviewing SmackDown again. I'll let you guys know about that. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at JT Takeover. Follow me on Instagram, my personal Instagram, at JT Create Over One Dash. And follow me on IG on the podcast, bruh. Thank you to everybody, legitimately. All love to you guys that are following the podcast on IG. It's at the Wrestling Takeover. If you guys want to go and follow, I would really appreciate it. I want to shout out 118 of y'all. 118 people are following the podcast on IG. Thank you very much. I love you guys so much. If you haven't done already, go follow the podcast on IG. I always update you guys on what I'm posting and when I post on the Wrestling Takeover. So please go do that. I would greatly appreciate it. And it would mean a lot. It really would. And um, let's build that community, man. We're slowly doing that. Let's keep it going throughout the entire year of 2021. I want to get some merchandise out there. That just depends on how big the podcast is. But we're slowly moving up, man. We are slowly moving up. And we are almost at, we're getting there, but we're almost at 3K total plays right now. We are currently at 2.3K. And I would really appreciate if we can possibly get to 3K as soon as possible. Y'all know what to do, man. Go subscribe to the podcast on all podcast platforms. Go to the search engine. Type in the Wrestling Takeover. It will pop up. Press follow. Press subscribe. The Creative King would really appreciate it. This has been Jordan Turner, your host on the Wrestling Takeover. Much love to you guys. And I will see you guys on Sunday right here on the Wrestling Takeover for NXT Vengeance. NXT Takeover Vengeance recap slash results. I'll see you guys later. You guys take care. Have a good rest of your day. I trade in my truth for some robins And he's playing Batman Fatty's gonna rob him yeah. I got the Glock in my robbery 17 shots, no 38 Yeah, I got the Glock in my robbery 17 shots, no 38 Yeah, she's fine Wondering what she be mine 